Now, now, say, oh, this is Pastor Tanyul, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. I've had a lot of things going on since I've been able to record about it is war. And it has been a lot of psychological and also spiritual warfare. Let me say that one more time. It has been a lot of psychological and spiritual warfare. And which is that so many times that we as believers, we don't realize how many times that we can go through things and touch people's lives and the enemy comes in and it can come in a form of a friend, family member or a spouse. Let me say that one more time. It is so many times where spiritual warfare has become magnified and put in place in order for you to stop, halt, uh, deviate, and even sometimes just go through so many different things. But you have to realize is that the spiritual warfare that goes along with who you are and whom you are, let me say that is the spiritual warfare is that the enemy wants you to quit. He wants you to stop doing what you've been doing. He wants you to deviate from what God has told you. Don't do it. Let me say that one more time. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm just talking, maybe just talking to myself, but do not stop. Do not deviate from what God has given you. Your mantle, your anointing is sometimes so heavy is because it speaks volumes. It speaks to the multitude. It speaks to the whole entire atmosphere and it shifts the atmosphere because God is telling you to keep going. And he's letting you know that as the atmosphere is changing and shifting, that if things don't go or seemly go the way that we think God is going to sit here and he's going to tell you, but at the same exact time, we're not, we're not God. So we can't sit here and we can't uh, predict anything, but we can only go by what God says. Let me say that one more time. Let me be a little bit more. Um, Let me clarify for you. See, in this moment, in this season, sometimes the enemy will sit there and introduce themselves as your friends, family, and spouses. And then they would sit there and manipulate or try to tear you down and try to expose or think they've exposed. There is a lot that people go through. And I understand that. But at the same exact time, Sometimes you have to be able to sit there and sit back and realize and analyze, why am I going through this? Is it simply because it's me or is simply because the anointing on me or simply because of the choices that I've made? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes it's simply you or it's the choices you've made or it's the mantle that is on you. Because sometimes when we're sitting somewhere and God shows you different things and different places and different avenues to go through, do you understand you have choices, but if you don't make those right choices at the moment, at that season, God can close and open doors to your lives, but it's up to you 
to sit there and make those choices at the appropriate time. And I'm saying this because so many times I would sit here and I would have these um, pauses in between me having to uh, be several different places. But then at the same exact time, I look at how God has been able to take me through, take me through some difficult moments in my life where the enemy is sitting here and the enemy can sit here and taunt me, uh, make me feel as uh, small, insignificant. And then God comes back and tells me, my child, you're not insignificant. You're not small. And the little things that I see, God is starting to start and let me know what's going on in detail. And then at the same exact time, it's like you have to go back and look at the strategies of the enemy. You have to go back and then you have to look at what you've read and how you are able to sit there. And it's like symmetry. You can see the different ways that God and and the enemy are um, at playing and how God is sitting here and magnifying those things. Okay, let me say, for example, like a magnifying glass, he would come in and the enemy would say something from the scriptures, but then God will come in and it's like a magnifying glass and he will tell you to look and he will see you, you know, looking at all the lines and then he would see the indications of where the lie went and how far the lie went so that you can be able to be deceived. Y'all don't hear me, though. And that's where we're at right now. A lot of times that I feel as though God is telling me and that, and he does say a lot of the things to me is that sometimes we need to start praying. We need to start meditating in our conversations and in how we are and how we approach things. And at the same exact time, You can say one thing and you can keep continually saying it to someone, but if they don't want to pick up on it, they don't want to realize it or recognize it, then you have to be obedient and you have to dust your feet off, not taking it personally as a prophetess. I had to learn that. And I don't know about you, but I would warn people or tell people about certain things and they would just shake their heads like in shock. Like, how did you know? And then at the same exact time, it's about how you sit there and you tell someone what's going on and the behaviors and everything else. But if they don't want to step up and they don't want to take that time to talk to God or, or make changes in their lives, You can't do anything about it, but sit there and dust your feet off as the word has said and go about your way. You still pray for them. You still, um, if God permits that, but otherwise you keep on going. All right. Now I want to say this also. Um, I have been going on Facebook a whole lot talking about fortifying your house. And I understand that sometimes in the word and also in real life reality, you know, things come up. And I was very 
God was like in my ear for like two weeks saying, and he set me down and he let me read Joshua, the second chapter. And I was like, man, God, this is juicy. This is a lot of meat, but I did not know how to address it. Uh, Okay. Y'all may think that's funny or like weird, but to me, I have to marinate in it for a little bit in order for me to understand. And I pull things apart. I make things as far as myself. I don't know about you, but when I analyze some things, I have to pull it apart more. And I mean, it may seem as though it has um, just simple, but for us, the Bible is written in English and it's, you know, but its background is Hebrew and it has different languages to it and it has different meanings to it. So to me, I have to be a little bit more um, careful of what I say. Because to me, even though it's in English, it can mean a totally different thing in Hebrew, in Greek. Uh, it can be a little bit more in death. Can I say that? And a lot of people sit here and say, well, you know, this is the holiday and I thank God for Thanksgiving and I thank God for all that he has done for us. And for me, and I'm going to clear this up for a whole lot of different reasons. I thank God that for me, I'm grateful. And it to me, when I celebrate Thanksgiving, it's for not the pilgrims. It is for me giving God thanks of what I have for every part of my life throughout this year and to the next and to the next. And so many people don't realize There are hidden meanings behind it, but for me, I am just grateful and thankful for what God has given me. And then at the same exact time, you have to start realizing that the atmosphere and the whole entire element of Thanksgiving has many connotations, but I want to say first and foremost, I celebrate it because God has blessed me to have so many different things. My children, my home, my whole entire being, my life and having, you know, even to down to my spouse and to all these different things that I have. And just to be saying, I'm grateful and I'm thankful and I'm present. And I know all of this came from God. It is not about me. It is not about myself. It is about the Lord and what we have. So I'm going to say this. I am very blessed to have what I have. Amen. And to sit here and just not sit here and celebrate who God is and celebrate his, his abundance in my life. Uh, I cannot sit there and neglect saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for everything. Now, to go back to what I'm saying is that it is so much going on and the impact that our words have in our podcasts, in our webinars, in our teachings and ministry and in our prophecies and evangelizing and our words mean something. So to me, it's like 
God downloads so much into me and I want to get it out. And I would do short like live updates or like I said, look, go on. It is written L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And I would sit there and I would download. But then also too, at the same exact time, I am very careful about what I say because this is coming from God. This ain't coming from me. This is not coming from any other source. So when they say, you know, try and test the fruit, it's because I go in and I dig down deep into what God has for me. So I will say with that said, with that being said, is that please be patient. Please understand that. I am trying my best to do what God says to do. And I'm one of those that I don't shuck and jive with what I say on my podcast. And I want to say this also too, is that when we're under spiritual attack or warfare, pray for all of us, not P-R-E-Y, but P-R-A-Y, because you never know what the enemy has been, uh, sitting here and having to have different things come up, but the spirit of the Lord lift up the standards. You know that you're going to be able to be a conqueror and you're going to be able to sit there and know who God is. Amen. So with that being said in Joshua, the second chapter, and I'm coming from the King James version, and I would like to have a brief pause to say, please, Get your word. And if it's on in the Bible, I have my Bible, my personal one, and I have two of them. But I love to be able to have my word in front of me open. Also, I have my notes. Uh, please, as we go through the word of God, um, and sometimes I am going to come back and I am going to um, have the word of the Lord on me. But God keeps telling me that I'm going to go back to certain scriptures in order for me to learn more and to detail more. And I may not be able to cover it all in one sitting. So I'm saying I do part three, four, and please understand that this word of God is not just coming from me, but this is from the Holy Spirit and also God. So and Jesus is a part of uh, this whole entire conversation. So what I'm telling you is that we're covering a lot of different things and more in depth than usual. It's because the word of God is becoming more and more profound and I'm sitting down more. And then sometimes the enemy would try to distract me. And then God will sit there and say, you know what? I need you to go back. I need you to go back and put this down, say this, write this, or remember this, remember that. And the Holy Spirit gives me, you know, uh, memories of, okay, this is a, what's going on. This is what's going on. So I'm just telling you that for me personally, it's always about what God is doing, but also at the same exact time, I have seen where I had to stop and say, you know what? No, this is what the enemy is trying to handle me here. He's trying to do this here. So, and, and trying to pull me in several different ways. So I had to go back and say, no, this is what I need to be doing at this moment, at this time. So with all that being said is that don't get distracted. Like I said, don't get, uh, you know, dismayed or hindered by, you know, all the different things that's going on. 
there's a reason for all of the chaos because God is starting to see how you're going to behave when you get to a different level. Let me say that one more time. And I feel that in my spirit. God is teaching me what to do when I get to a different level, that when the chaos really comes, I know where my peace is, where my hope is, where my love is, where my joy is, where where the comfort is. And it's in him. It's always been in him. It's not been in a man. It's not been in a woman. There's not, it's not been in my children. It's not been anywhere else. It's in God. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. It hasn't been in a woman or a man. And I'm saying that for like my spouse or uh, my sisters or anyone in my family uh, is it hasn't been, you know what I mean? It's been that comfort, that healing, that, that love came from God first. So I'm telling you, it has been such an uphill battle because I have learned that certain people will trip you up purposely just for you not to get things done. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. People will trip you up. Certain people will sit there and because the enemy wants you to have their mindset, their way, or trying to be, oh, it's about them. No, it's about God. So in everything, in every aspect, you need to put him first. And always understand that it's always going to be warfare. I don't care from the time that you get up to the time you go to sleep. And even then it's warfare. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The peace that passes all understanding is in God. And I always try my best to make sure I understand that is that the covering that I have is under God. The peace that I have is under God. The relationship I have, God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. That's him. That's not anyone else. That's, that's him. So to me, when God downloads all these different aspects into me and all these different avenues and all these different things for it is written by Afrocentric prophet, people need to understand I am under, I am operating under the prophetic. I am a prophetess and not a prophet. Let me say that one more time. A male is a prophet. A prophetess is a female. And I will say this is that because of whom I am and who I belong to, my life is not my own. I have been bought with a price. I have to manage what I have and people will sit there and say whatever, but God has the final say so. Amen. All right. Joshua, the second chapter and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittiman two men to spy secretly saying, go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came unto a harlot's house named Rabbah and lodged there. And verse two, and it was told the king of Jericho saying, behold, there came men hence to night of the children of Israel to seek out the country. Verse three, and the king of 
Jericho sent unto Rabbah, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, that they, for they be come to search out all the country. Verse 4, And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not hence they were. Verse 5, And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whether the men went, I worth not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. Now, let me set the tone here. Joshua is faithful, and he was a servant of the Lord, but he was faithful unto Moses. And when the people were going into the promised land, Moses could not go because of his disobedience. Now, Joshua was able to lead the people into the promised land. And because of who Joshua is in his character, he was very a militant, very uh, outgoing. And also, as I have understood it, a very handsome man. And uh, they have also found his temple and where uh, his gravesite, where his father and he has resided and has been able to be found to this day. And I love how Joshua's attitude was, his characteristics, because when he was going out and in obedience to Moses and going to scout out the land, uh, he was able to sit there. Him and Caleb was able to come back. And when they came back, they were of a different mindset, the shift that you know, all everyone else went out, the spies, and they were the only two that came back and reported and said, we can still take this land. We can still be able to do what God says do. So Joshua, to me, holds a very significant, as Caleb, holds a significant uh, placement in Israel for the people to understand where we came from and where we're going. And I love how his attitude and his outlook was always optimistic. He always was able to communicate with God and always had a faithfulness in God's kingdom. Now, as you can see, Joshua, the son of Nun, he sent out two uh, men to spy to Jericho. And see, during this time, he wanted to know what they can be able to do. And what the people were and how and see, because you were out there and see, because God had them to conquer the land and get the land for the people. Come on now that he needed to have someone to go out and scout the land in a layout. Amen. And even though they came to this house, which was not of God, do you understand that this woman, <laughs> this woman uh, didn't, it didn't matter about her character. Okay. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It didn't matter about her outward character because in the inward, that's what count. And I think her heart was more so turned from what I have been reading. 
And I want to say this is that people underestimate you as a believer because of what you have on the outside appearance, but God sees what is in the heart. Amen. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. Your character and the way that you hold yourself, it speaks volumes and the enemy would love to be able to knock you down, but you have to keep going and keep the heart and the motivation to keep going in God, no matter what. Amen. So let's keep rolling. Let's keep, but I'm also, I want to say this is that as she is talking, she could have sat there and told the King of Jericho where the two men were. Okay. But she sat there and she purposely lied to the King. I'm going to say, oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all need to come on. We got to read down some more. But I want to, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but it was the outward appearance that people kept seeing of Rabbi. But nobody saw the inward, inward, the internal men that she was or the woman that she was. And when I say internal is how you are, known to be on the inside. And so many people underestimate the people of God because you only see them in the outward and not the inward in man. And I was like, man, this is profound because for me, a lot of people uh, make comments. Oh, you are so small or you, you, you know, your statue is so, uh, you know, stock or just, you know, small, but I keep telling them that this one that is small has a whole lot going on. And God says, do not despise your small beginnings. So that for me, my statue may be small, but also Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. It's the one that's standing behind me, that stands in front of me, that stands on the side of me. That speaks volumes. That makes me great in God. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. I don't care what nobody says. What makes me great is not me. But it's the one that dwells in me. That stands in the front of me. That stands in the back of me. That stands on the side of me. Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to stand at all. Y'all don't, do you understand, do you get that? Do you understand the whole entire parameter of what I'm saying is that even when I feel insignificant, who stands before me, who stands behind me, who stands in the, in the size of me, on the side of me, and also in me makes it a whole lot easier to be in this life. Y'all don't hear me though, but let's go on. And it says that verse five, and it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out, whether the men went, I was not pursued after them quickly for ye shall overtake them. Verse six, but she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. 
Verse seven, and the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. Now, 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 now. She did not have a whole lot of room in her house, as you can tell. She had to put them on the roof. Now, I'm going to say this, as the heat and the scorching winds and all that stuff is going on, uh, they were safe on top of her house. Let me say that. Oh, y'all don't. Whoa. Do you understand why when God places you in different ways, in different places, And I had to realize this, that when God places you in different places, that no man can be able to take you, pluck you, take you out of anything. So I was like, okay, so God, you're telling me that you're going to hide me in plain sight sometimes where the enemy doesn't know where I'm at. But you know where I'm at, y'all. Ooh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't, ooh, y'all don't hear me. See, the, see, that's why God places you in different places in the world. And he would put you there quite significantly because he knows that you can be able to take the assignment and do really well. Oh, y'all don't. Mm-mm. Hitting in plain sight. No, y'all don't. Mm-mm. Hitting in plain sight. See, I don't know about you, but she could have went up there to do laundry. She could have been able to do, you know, as a woman, you know, that's old school. But I'm telling you, uh, for me personally, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm from I'm from the South. And my grandmother used to hang the clothes on the line in the back of the house. Okay. And she would make sure that uh, we would be able to go and, you know, in the old washing tub (laughs) before she got a washing machine. And excuse me, we would go and scrub and with the live soap, scrub with the uh, with the soap. And, you know, with the basin and scrub really well and turn it over and scrub some more and then, you know, uh, wash it off with some water, wring it out with your hand, uh, make sure you flap it out. And I mean, I say flap it out, but you are supposed to um, take your hand with the wet clothes and I would, you know, just shake it out. And then we would have the the pins, the the pins to be able to put it on the line. And for some of us, we would have the ones that, you know, have the, the long line, the clothesline, that one, instead of the ones that twirl around. And she would, I would see, you know, we would have fresh linen out. Uh, we would have the clothes sitting out and everything else. And it's just the, the smell from the clothes washing and uh, going out and doing that, that just made brought back memories as a kid. So 
when you have a washing machine as I do and I'm washing clothes, um, sometimes I would go back and I would think about those things. And uh, she could have been doing that. But I was looking up flack and it was talking about F-L-A-X. And it's a genius or uh, a family of herbs. Okay. And um, especially a slender or um, with blue flowers commonly cultivated for a base of fiber and seed. Listen to what I'm, oh, y'all don't, y'all don't hear me though. So she was having them underneath the flax. And these were used for herbs and, you know, and, and for uh, different ways of being able to keep, you know, fit which is the fiber and also for the seeds to plant and cultivate. And also at the same time, the fiber of the flax plant, especially when prepared for spinning. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is something that a lot of people don't, you know, pause and say, wait a minute, what is flax? What is this? And what is that? So I wanted to kind of give you that in order for you to understand the content is that she could have been an herbalist. She could have been someone that was doing it, you know, to keep her family healthy and also from the seeds be able to produce and grow some some more plants. Uh, also, at the same time, you know, like I said, you never know. Just because, you you know, the significance of her home was was, you know, prostitution. But the inward man, probably wanted more. Let me say that. No, wanted more. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It's just a little things, just a little things that we don't, um, we don't think about, or we don't consider when we are in the word of God. And we have this connotation that, oh, you know what I mean? We, it's, you know, the word is explaining and everything else, but sometimes you have to have a different meaning. So, you know, certain people can go into NIV. Some people can go into different, you know, um, translations of the Bible. But for me, I had to honestly sit there and go just precept upon precept. And I love how, like I said, since she had, had laid in order upon the roof and she brought them up there to the roof of the house and hid them. Come on now with the herbs and the plants and the seeds, which is the flax. And I love how she laid them on the roof. And do you know that even though the roof is exposed, do you understand they were well hidden and covered? I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes you are out and you are exposed in warfare and also at the same exact time you are covered by God you are covered by his grace you're covered by his mercy and then you are exposed at the same time the enemy sees who you are but God covers you and he doesn't sit there and let you go by yourself and he doesn't sit there and you saw uh Joshua said too do you understand that they were able to sit there and while one is looking out, the other one can fight. You know, it to me, it was like God was honestly going before them. Amen. And 
as they were going, God was going before them and he was setting the perimeters or the parameters of where they're going to go. It didn't matter what house they were going to, but the significance of it is that to you or me that, you know, well, this was a brothel. This was not a un, un, it was an unholy place that they wound up, but God had his significance in it. So when I tell you is that sometimes God will put us in places where we don't even think we are uh, any way um, able to sit there and do what God says do. That we're not able to do what God says do because we've been sent somewhere we thought wouldn't be fruitful. But God knew. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Um. I had to honestly sit there and say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me to here to South Korea, because at first, and I'll be honest with you, I cried. I bawled my eyes out because I was still in the military. And this was my first duty station outside of the United States. And I did not know what to expect. And a lot of times, a lot of people, you know, a lot of things happen. And, you know, hence before known. I am very grateful for him bringing me here because I see the bad and the good. I see the, I see what God has brought me here and I see the abundance. And also I see the lack thereof. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I see the abundance of why God brought me here. And I also see the lack of what people perceived or, or they are uh, trying to be able to do. And sometimes you need to be able to have help while you're in that land and you're doing what God says do. But let me go ahead and go back. Amen. And I love, like I said, the roof because they're able to get oxygen, air. They're able to be able to sit there and just breathe, but also be secure in what God has for them. Amen. Now. It says, verse seven, and the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the folds, forts. And as soon as they, they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. Verse eight, and before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. So they were in anticipation of her being able to come back. So before she saw that they were able to get comfortable and settled into where they were at, she was able to come to them. Amen. Now, verse nine, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Oh, y'all don't. What the? Wait, hold up. How do you wait? See, that's the thing is that God already put in her heart who the land was supposed to go to. And where it was, oh, y'all don't, oh, y'all don't hear me. When she said that, do you understand that God told her that she knew that the people of Israel, that this land was, was theirs already. I, I mean, no, I mean, it was no debating about it. It was no, I was like, wow, shocked. See, I've read this so many times and we don't, we don't go back and read it again. So for everybody that's in the back, I'm going to say it. 
And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord have given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land fainted because of you. Y'all don't hear me though. This woman has so much wisdom. She knows that God has given them the land. Don't you know that God is giving you your land? Y'all don't hear me though. That's a different. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, that's something that you need to understand. Do you understand that God gives you land? And I'm not talking about in the physical. I'm talking about in the spiritual, that God gives you land, gives you territory, enlarge your territory. And he's just giving you the framework. Now it's time for you to start building. And while you're in the warfare, he gives you the preparation. He gives you the strategies. He gives you the plan. But if you don't execute it, then what is the benefit of you do being in this warfare in the first place? If it's not for the edification of God, if it's not to win souls, if it's not to do what God says do, then why are you battling? Y'all don't. Okay, man, pastor, you just get no God got deep on me. See, that's the thing is that I have a significance in what I have and what I know and how I am. There's something about when God sits there, he gives you details and not just details, but he gives you not the big picture, but he only gives you little details so that you can be able to follow him. And it's like you go from one point A and then you go to point B, but then God says, wait a minute, stay on point B so then he can clear the way from the enemy and you can go to point C. Then you can go to point D. Then you can go all the way. And I had to realize that, that, um, Paul, that when God sat there and the apostle Paul, he wanted to go back to Rome. He wanted to go and see King Agrippa and all these different people to, to testify of God's goodness and grace. And God said, no, I need you to go to Asia Minor, which is where we're at right now. This is part of Asia Minor for me, the South Korea. All right. And there is a statue here that is of him. And he, it doesn't look like Paul, but yeah, he's been here. Amen. Um, I just want to throw that in because I love how we saw that when we saw that church and I saw him and it said his name in the bottom imprint. Y'all don't understand. He looked like an out of sheep rolling out here with the long hair and the in the the uh, the 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 long uh, beard and everything and the way that he dressed. But any uh, I digress. Let me go back. See, that's the thing is that you can't go where you want to go. You got to do it the way that God needs for you to do it in order for you to get access to where you need to go. Does that make any? No, no, no. It don't make any sense to you. Okay, let me say this. Paul, Apostle Paul had to come here in order for the churches to be planted, to in order for the word to be increased and in order for all these different things to come up and in order for him to understand and know the full effect of what God is and who God is. And then when God was able to be fulfilled in this land, in this part, do you understand God was able to open up the doors for him to go home? But he knew that 
God knew that he will not be able to uh, stay in the freedom that he had because he was under house arrest. He was able to write the uh, letters. He was able to do so many things. But by the time that he got to King Agrippa, he was, you know, it was down to the point where he was almost time for him to pass away. And there is such a thing that God, he knows in his infinite wisdom who you are and whom you are, but he knows the time and the dates and the, and the different parts of your life that you got to go through. So go through them. And I don't know who, I don't know who I'm, maybe I'm just talking to myself, but go through them because every significant point, every significant thing that you go through. It has the wisdom and the knowledge to grow you, to compel you. And I believe in those different aspects is that Apostle Paul had to come here to Asia Minor to appreciate when he went into house arrest to see the glory of God, to see his eyes and his his knowledge, excuse me, and the wisdom of what God is and whom God is. See, as someone going through warfare, we got to go through different phases. God can give you the phase and the season of being able to go and navigate and be able to patrol like Joshua, or you can be able to be locked in and, and, and confound and, and stay in one place for a long period of time, like, like Apostle Paul. But in different phases, God still wants you to still have the elements of him. And he still wants you to grow in those elements in those phases in order for you to learn and comprehend and understand and strategize and know what the enemy is coming at and what is going on so that you can enter into another phase. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Mm. And then I have to be like, God, you got, I got to remember my, my uh, prayers. That's one thing too. That's a, that's a big one. Also, thank you. Holy spirit. You got to remember the prayers. You got to remember what you pray to God and why you prayed it because it plays a significant point in what God gives you. And also at the same time, how God navigates with you, how God's heart is towards you. And I had to go back and I remember some things, but then my spirit or my, 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 the Holy Spirit will remind me or um, help me to learn or understand what I said and through my spouse also what I said and how I said it and why I'm saying it. And then at the same exact time, he would bring some things back to my remembrance. Keep that in Keep that in your mind and in the back of your mind, because sometimes we forget, but then God brings it back to your remembrance. Do you remember what you said? Do you remember when I said this and when you looked at this and when you saw this and when you said this? And I remember one and I'll tell you this one. I remember this house and I love this house and it was a really nice house in the United States. It was big, nice, huge, lush, you know, in the front yard was really nice. And I mean, I really liked that house. But at that point, I didn't have the finances to get into that home. And it was just disheartening because I saw what we were living in and the state we were living in. And I remembered what I told God. When I saw that house, I said, God, you, you told me that I am not the tail, but the head. And you had said that you have a thousand, you have cattle on a thousand hills, but you can't come and take care of me. 
And I would honestly get mad and upset with God. I would be like, wait a minute, how did you have me living in this? But God was like, no, I need you to understand that when you're living in this, in, in this state, that when you get to the, when you get to the home that I'm giving you, when I, when you get to the place that I'm giving you, you appreciate what you have and not take it for granted. Y'all don't hear me though. See, that's the thing is with the two spies didn't take it for granted that they were at someone's home. They didn't take it for granted the location they were at. They didn't take that for granted because they remember what they had in Egypt. So when God sat there and said, hey, you know, and Joshua gave them those two, their commands to go out and scout the land, they didn't hesitate. And see, some of us want to hesitate because we don't remember what we used to do, where we used to be, where we used to be around people, where you used to know certain people would come up in your face, but you didn't discern what was going on. Y'all don't hear me, though. See, that's the thing is about the deep calling the deep that God calls you into deeper depths and higher heights in him. You don't remember, but God brings it back to your remembrance, what you used to go through, what you used to have to deal with. And I had like, I mean, we used to sleep in some of the filthiest places when we were homeless and certain people would sit there and come to our home and I would clean as much as I could. But also at the same exact time, do you understand that 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 reveal of what the enemy was saying is that these people and they I thought they loved me, but apparently they didn't. They didn't love me. They they love what they sat there and they were waiting for my demise. Y'all don't hear me, though. And that opened up my heart and my mind to who they were. And I'm so grateful and thankful that it opened up my mind and my heart because now more than ever, I had to keep pushing. I had to keep knowing what God was telling me. And it wasn't just them. It was the enemy that was working in them. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Is it disheartening? Yes. Was it traumatic? Yes. Did I get over it? Yes. And did I conquer what I was saying? I am every day conquering what I know to be true. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, do you understand that people can smile in your face and laugh in your face, but their heart is totally mad because you got something else better and your character speaks volumes. Let me say that for, and that's the thing is that because of the king, Jericho's king, did he was trying to sit there and protect what he had, but he already knew that this land that they're out surveying, this is my land, I already know it's for, it's for their God. But do you understand? I'm still going to try to hinder them. I'm still going to, you know, the enemy is still going to try to prevent you from taking over the territory. He's he's going to take, try to sit there and you know you got to enlarge that territory and the enemy will still try to come in and try to shrink it. Y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me though. Was this deep? Yes, it was. And it's, to me, it's like when you sit there and you honestly think about it, go Line by line, you go in by what God is saying in the word of God is deep. 
And at the same time, like I keep telling you, is that God is teaching us what not to do and what to do. And in this case, he's teaching us what to do. And he's teaching us from someone that ain't even an Israelite. She knows that this is God's land. And she knows because she heard when they crossed the Red Sea, she knew because the people would talk about them. Do you understand that your enemy will sit there and talk bad about you because they know what you hold and what you are and how you hold yourself and what God, what God has for you. I mean, I'm going to say this one more time. Do you understand? That the enemy knows who you are because of your characteristics and your volume speaks so much volumes that you do more, you perform more, you sit there and you drive more. Your whole entire work ethic, which is spiritual and natural, is 110%. They don't like you because you're doing what God says do. Because you have the anointing, because you have the doodlemus with you. Now recognize that realize that it ain't about you it's what who's in you and then at the same exact time they can't talk bad about you because you've been doing what they haven't been doing which is their job now i'm gonna say this (laughs) i had to go through some things throw out some things Tear some things up to understand this is what I'm living in. I'm living in the Joshua moment where I am about to take over some territory, but I got to get myself straight. I got to get myself. The land that I got to conquer can be myself, my finances, my family, my understanding, my structure, my, my whole entire grip in God. I got to get that together. I got to get all of that together in order for me to go possess that land. Now, oh man, y'all, mm-hmm. do you understand? Thank you, Holy Spirit. That that it it it. I don't know about you, but I know that I have to start with me. I got to start with me because nobody else is gonna love me like me. I mean, I'm the only. I don't see God is gonna love me. But God wants to reveal some things to you about yourself. And you got to go in and you got to sit there and you got to listen and be tentative. You got to make some notes. You got you, you have to do even before this new year. It ain't about the new year. It's about you going into new land and new territory. I'm talking about spirituality and also the natural, whether it's a business, whether it's opening up a book, writing a book or whatever a business or, or a plan or whatever. God is fortifying you. Take this time to learn and know and comprehend what God is telling you and stop sitting up here and skipping out. And you, I understand you. I want to be like, Paul, I want to skip all of this. (laughs) Y'all don't hear me. I want to skip it too. I want I want to go straight to my this. I want to go straight to this guy. I want I I got plans God but then God laughs and said, "Wait a minute. Your ways are not my ways. My thoughts are not my thoughts. So, you need to do it my way." <laughs> okay. Reason why I'm laughing is because I know God laughs at us when we sit there and say, oh, I want to do this by this time. I want to do this by this time. I want to do this by this time. And God laughs because 
he knows that, you know, we got things going on, but he has a bigger plan or vision for ourselves. And we need to take a back seat. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We need to take a back seat because we need to learn that God is the one that fortifies us, edifies us, gives us the plans. And then at the same time, if our plans go with him, he will do what he's, what we're supposed to do. But if it don't, God will knock your plans out. Do I supposed to be, you know, I was supposed to stay in the military. I was supposed to stay in the military, become a pilot. I even had the letter to go into pilot school when I first got here to South Korea. Do you understand? They didn't want me to go. They didn't want me to do nothing. They wanted me to stay subpar. Let me say that one more time. See, there was a lot of different elements of NCOs and people in leadership that didn't want me to become a whole lot more than what I was. So when I tell you that these things happen, don't let it deter you, but let it grow. Let your growing season grow with you. Let me say that one more time. I had to understand the growth mindset. And I was learning this in my business class is that we don't, we're not learning everything, but you had to learn from that point on how God is going to grow you into the person or the character who you're going to be through all of the different obstacles and different ways of avenues. But I am going to put a pin in this. You like, man, pass you, you, you hitting it. But, uh, you no, know, we got to put a pin in because I got part two and <laughs> I knew it. I just didn't know how much that God was going to put into me today. Um, but I wanted to kind of come on here. And if you don't have God in your life and you don't know who God is or his son, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And also through the 13th, uh, 9 through ninth through the 13th verse, that is a good place to start. Ask God, simply put, call upon him, God, ask him to figure your sins. Ask him to have his son to come into your life. Be genuine about everything that you do when this form on. And also at the same exact time, that's a good start. Doesn't mean the enemy is going to not test you or try you. Or he will definitely try you. Keep He will keep at you until you, you pass on to, to God. But what I'm saying is that that's a start. And make it a good start today. Even before Christmas or any other, like like you said, you don't have time. You see what so much is going on. You don't have time if you're not a believer. And if you're a person that has backslide and you need to come back to God, do the same. And if you are a child of God, congratulations. I am so grateful and thankful for you. Renew your heart and your mind with God. Do your walk with God again. And when I say that is that some, some of us have gone away from God and we need to get back into, we need to find the, the fire, the passion, the hunger again, to read our word, to do whatever God says to do. Prayer, fasting, all these different things, but we need to get back into God's word. Amen. So with that being said, please 
Thank you for listening. And if you like what you've heard thus far, please subscribe. Find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, um, and other major platforms such as Facebook and also YouTube. Um, if you enjoy these uh podcast please leave us a five-star rating that will help us reach more people and if you have any questions or comments please reach us at it is written l-a-t-o-n-y-a u-l-l-o-a once again it is written l-a-t-o-n-y-a u-l-l-o-a also at the same exact time i have some other things that's coming up for the new year we will have been in this podcast has been here for it will be in January two years. God has been a miracle and blessings with this. So please take your time out for the ones that just discover me. Thank you for the ones that have been listening to me for a long time. Thank you for the ones that have been just starting to listen to me. I appreciate you. I thank you so much. But Let's put a pin in this. Uh, We will do Fortify Your Home uh, Part 2. This is war, and it is a lot. And we have a lot more to come, amen? Please look for me on Facebook. Um, I will start doing more uh, lives on uh, YouTube. And um, throughout this whole entire uh, time of this season, please be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have given us and be grateful for all that you have. Amen. Once again, Annyeong.